episode 25. We are live. We are a quarter of the way to a century. And since we last recorded, go fucking blue. The Michigan Wolverines are undefeated national champions. Um, they now get to get mentioned in the same breath as uh, that 2019 LSU team. Uh, I think that Clemson team with Trevor Lawrence uh, from the year before. Um, both teams that uh, undefeated national champions. No Alabama team has done that. And more importantly, no Ohio State team has done that. Um, I think a Georgia, te- Georgia team did that last year too. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, great accomplishment for uh, the Michigan Wolverines. Uh, undefeated national championship. You know, obviously like that, that is the, the peak of pe- of all peaks uh, in college football. Um, and I did my best to try and go see it. Um, unfortunately, uh, the Houston airport had other plans, um, but I did get to see them uh, play in the Rose Bowl. I got to see Nick Saban's last game uh, in person, which was really cool. Um, and that was like, you know, ESPN instant classic of a game too. Um, so go blue, Lucas. Yeah, congratulations. You know, that's a championship under the belt. I count. I count. That's as big as for you. That's as that's as big as the Niners going to win the Super Bowl or, you know, the A's winning <laughs> winning the World Series. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You, you know? like it. you can't even say it without laughing, huh? Yeah, no, I can't. Um, but congrats. I, I'm very happy for you. Well done to the Michigan Wolverines. I, I was rooting for Washington. Obviously, you know, Pac-12. I wanted that to be the storybook ending, but. Unfortunately, Michael Penix really shit the bed in the national championship game. Um, a little bit unexpected and a little bit sad. Um, the defense wasn't there. There were those two huge runs that Michigan had that yeah. were like 45, 50 yard runs that it seemed like as soon as Blake Corum, oh no, it wasn't Blake Corum, it was the other running back. Donovan uh, Edwards, yeah. Donovan Edwards. As well, soon Blake, as he Blake, Blake Corum still ran cut, like 120 yards. And I think he had a touchdown too, yeah. but it was, it was one cut and go. And there was no safeties on these plays for some reason. Yeah. I, I didn't really understand the whole defensive mindset um, going into the game, but no matter what undefeated national champions doesn't happen unless you're a really, really good team. They went, they beat Ohio state. They beat some good teams along the way. So uh can't take it away from them. Congratulations to Michigan. Congratulations to Jim Harbaugh who yes. might not be a Michigan Wolverine next year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, Last thing on that, you know, it's like, you know, um, you know, this this Michigan team undefeated national champion. And this was a project, you know, I think eight or nine years in the making, however long Harbaugh has been there. Because when they hired Harbaugh back in 2014, they hired 2015, I think when they hired him back in 2015, you know, like this was the vision. You know, this was like the the five year, the 10 year plan. Yeah. Um, And for a long fucking time, it looked like it wasn't going to happen. Um, and you know, because, you know, it, it was either, you know, we're almost there and then we lose to Ohio State or we just fall apart before that. Um, So for a really long time, it looked like it wasn't going to happen. Then we started being beating Ohio State to get into the playoffs. And this was the year we put it all together. Um, So, yeah, undefeated national champion. You know, they're now in the the highest pantheon of of college football playoff teams. Um, And, and yeah, you know, J.J. McCarthy didn't have to do jack shit in that championship game because, you know, I think both Edwards and Corum ran for like a hundred plus yards. Um, but Jim Harbaugh, you know, now that he's, you know, he's been in Michigan for a while and he's finally, you know, reached, reached that, that peak, you know, he's in that pantheon. Um, you know, they, he, he's done what he, what they brought him in to do, you know, jobs finished. Um, and now, yeah. there's, you know, there's some speculation on um, him leaving um, and, going to the NFL and me personally, I want him to stay obviously, but I'm allowed. I, I, I give him permission to leave. Um, yeah. And, and I think he was waiting for this episode was. To, um, to, to, you know, make that next step in his career. So Jim would love you to stay, but you have my, you have my blessing to leave. Um, and wow. there's, there's been a couple teams um, that, you know, that have been uh, that he's been mentioned with, but I think the likeliest outcome is that he ends up with the chargers because I think that the Falcons, you know, the Falcons talk to both Harbaugh and Belichick, but from, you know, my sources are telling me um, that Atlanta, Atlanta seems a little bit more interested in Belichick, whereas the Chargers aren't even talking, or I haven't heard them been talking to anyone else other than Harbaugh. Um, and now that Pierce is staying with the Raiders, um, it seems like 
you know, the only choice for both Harbaugh and the Chargers is each other, unless Harbaugh wants to stay at Michigan. Right. I can see that happening as well. I, if I was to, p- to place my money on it, I would assume that next year, Jim Harbaugh will be the head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chicago Bears still potentially on, on the market. They, they didn't fire Eberflus yet, but mm-hmm. they were very interested in picking up Harbaugh. And uh, I think the Panthers are without coach. Um, and uh, it was the Raiders, obviously. They went ahead and hired Pierce. The Patriots, obviously, was another potential destination. They went ahead and promoted Gerard Mayo, head coach. And then the Falcons, like you mentioned before, who I agree. I think they've been through a couple interviews now with Bill Belichick, and he seems pretty um, enticed by that job. So I, I think he'll likely go there next year. So the Chargers is, is definitely the most likely spot. Um, so, hey, you know, the, the team itself is not great. Um, better than Carolina. Uh, they've got, yeah, better than Carolina. They've got a good quarterback who's making a lot of money. So that, that's kind of mm-hmm. tough. And other than that, other than that, you have an aging wide receiver in Keenan Allen. Your running back fell off a cliff this year in well, Austin. And he's, and he's a free agent now. Yeah. And he's a free agent. Uh, he probably won't even be playing next year. Yeah. I, I, and, I don't think he's a charger, but he's my, he's my LinkedIn connection. That's fun fact. I'll figure, out, I'll figure out what's going on with him. Fun fact. LinkedIn connected with, with yep. Brian Greenberg. Yeah. I, and, I, don't, uh, I don't think it's come up on this. Po- Maybe it has, but I don't think it has. Well, the defense is pretty good. You know, they're okay. They, they, they're, 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 uh, they're, they're stars, Khalil Mack. They have jo- uh, Joey Bosa. Derwin you know, James. Are, what? Derwin James. Derwin James. They have some yeah, no, solid they, players. They, they, they have good defense. players on defense, but I think statistically their defense was very, very bad this year. Yes. Yes. They, they could not put it together at times this year. And maybe that's a head coaching thing. You know, you bring in right. Yeah. Special think- teams guy in, in Jim Harbaugh. And then, you know, maybe things just turn around. People start buying in a little bit more and they can play better. I don't see, Jim Harbaugh going to the Chargers and then them becoming a playoff team next year. But maybe like Michigan, it's a five-year plan. Maybe they want to suck next year. Maybe they want to go get some more pieces for that defense, some weapons for Justin Herbert. And then in five years from now, we could be looking at a playoff contender. Well, well, yeah. And, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I might disagree with you there because, you know, I think the expectation for this Chargers team was that they were they already are a playoff team and they were a playoff team going into this season and then Brandon Staley fucked it up because I think I think the biggest problem with that with this Chargers team this year was Brandon Staley being way out of his element um because you know they they made the playoffs the year before had a good team and they pretty much kept that team together and Keenan Allen got better granted Eckler got worse but you know more or less it's the same team from that playoff from that team that made the playoffs 2 years ago or I guess last year, um, and this year they sucked. Um, so, may, you know, I kind of disagree with you. You know, I don't think Harbaugh will be brought in to, you know, to, to you know, build this megapolis over five years and turn uh, the Chargers into a dynasty necessarily. You know, I'm sure, you know, if Harbaugh can do that, they'll let him. But I think I think a more, you know, uh, conscious goal with the Chargers is, you know, make us that playoff team that we're supposed to be and do it now. So you're saying you're saying take the team that they currently have, bring us back to the playoffs and better than ever before is your idea. Yeah, yeah, because I think, you know, I, I think I don't think Harbaugh is being brought into this situation to build a new. And, you know, I, I think it's to to make the most of what they've already built, because, you know, what they have, what they have there already is good. You know, I'm not saying it's good enough to win a Super Bowl, but I think it's good enough to make the playoffs because Justin Herbert's a good quarterback and you have good pieces around him and, you know, and the sport of football if you have a good quarterback and good pieces around him that's usually a playoff team sure 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 i I think my only thought with that is that i don't know if the chargers are good enough to get back to the playoffs as they are right now under any head coach i just feel like the roster isn't there um i don't know i I don't i don't think it's going to take a five-year plan to get back because, you know, it's like I, I disagree. I think if they don't make big moves this offseason, I don't think it matters who's the head coach. I don't think that team is going to the playoffs. Um, but, you know, that's that's just me. That's just my opinion. I will tell. That's, yeah, I will tell. Maybe Quentin Johnston ends up being good. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he'll evolve. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Who knows? Um, yeah. And, you know, like, uh, you know, there there are you know, there there is that opening in Carolina. But, you know, I you know, especially with that jackass owner they have. Um, yeah. 
I would rather stay at Michigan than work at Carolina. Cause you know, like, and, you know, again, you know, I'm not a fucking, you know, Carolina Panthers beat reporter, but you know, I could like, you know, all that like toxic work workplace stuff that you hear about with the commanders that you heard about with the Phoenix suns and the Los Angeles Clippers back when they had that racist owner, um, not calling the Carolina owner a racist, but just like that kind of toxic work. Like <laughs> yeah. Just kind of that, yeah. that toxic workplace stuff that you sometimes hear about. Um, you know, my spidey senses are kind of tingling with that in Carolina. Um, Not only that, but Carolina is probably in the worst position out of any ass. franchise yeah, in the NFL. Ass. Yeah. Not only they drafted a quarterback who who simply is not good. You have Bryce Young who hasn't played out. I, I don't like you expected him to. I don't think and, you can. I don't think it's fair to say that about Bryce Young yet. He has not played good. Let's say that. Bryce Young has been one of the worst quarterbacks in the league for his first well, yeah, year. Yeah, and that's true. What do you want him to do? He's a rookie quarterback without an O line, without hmm. without a running back, and his only wide receiver is Adam Thielen. Take the guy who was selected directly after him, who went to a team that won three three games last year, and brought them to the playoffs. What a playoff game! Because he's fucking him. C.J. Stroud is that guy, and, and he Bryce has Young is. Not. I don't, again, head coach. I mean. Talk about the off the offensive weapons he had. Tank Dell was pretty good. Nico Collins was kind of a no one at the time. But if you watch the games, you watch the Texans games. CJ Stroud is willing this team to wins. It's like their their running game is not great. Their offensive line isn't elite. It's it's mid. And CJ Stroud is just diming up people. He's making plays out of plays that should not that should have ended a long time ago. And um, Bryce Young, this not only is he missing the easy ones, he's not excelling beyond that at all. So, so far, you know, if, if I think this is not a hot take to say, but if you were to compare the first two picks in the, in the NFL draft last year, it's just not even close. Like if I, I was to say, Hey Panthers, no shit, like, <laughs> can, can, I would say, I would say, Hey Panthers, take Bryce young trade Bryce young plus three first round picks and Jonathan Mingo to get CJ Stroud. They would do that immediately. Yeah. Right. But, but, oh, sure. Totally. CJ Stroud is also a fucking gem. You know, I don't think I don't think the standard CJ Stroud sets should be the one that um it's hard to not compare. It's hard to not compare when they were taken in the same draft last year, one yeah, and two overall. Teams, dude. Like, like here's the thing. If okay, okay, come on. If they, come on, if they, if they okay, if, hold on, hold on. Are you if saying they, that if Bryce no, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. Texans? If they switch places, yeah, I'm not saying the Texans make the playoffs. But CJ Stroud is not leading that Panthers team to the playoffs in the NFC. No shot. And I think Bryce Young probably finishes six and eleven, seven and ten with that Texans team. But I think CJ Stroud probably goes four and thirteen or five and twelve with that Panthers team. No way. No way. You're saying if CJ Stroud went to went to the Panthers, they would have won two more games or three more games? That's I, I disagree. I just feel like that that he's he's worth more than that. Um, sure. I mean, I mean, fine. In, in any case, they don't have their first round pick this year. Their yeah. team sucks ass, and Bryce Young is their quarterback. And I don't think that's a great place to be in. You have to stick with him at least for a couple more years. And assuming he doesn't turn into what CJ Stroud is right now in a couple years, then you're not going to be a playoff winning. You're well, right, but it's it's not like, you know, it's not like Bryce Young is the problem in Carolina. You know, it's not like this is the playoff team who's quarterback tank. Part of it. I disagree. I think and he's part of like, it. You, you look at you I look watch at some games. They don't have any wide receivers. Man. Look at Trevor Lawrence in his first year in Jacksonville. They fucking what they he was the first overall. He pick. was not the problem. Yeah, I know. But they still finished dead last in the NFL and he didn't play great. <clears throat> You know, maybe maybe I'm being height biased here, but a guy that stands at five foot nine, you come out of the draft number one overall, weighing less than two hundred pounds, and you play like shit. It's very hard to be like that guy's actually going to be a really successful NFL quarterback. Like, I don't know, I don't know. Hey, he, this is just me right now. He has let's, not let's been given an even remotely fair chance to succeed, and we like we like that 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 that's an established argument in the NFL. It's like. It's not fair to evaluate, you know, it's not fair to hold rookie quarterbacks accountable for being put in shitty situations. Sure, 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 sure. But 
how many rookie quarterbacks have been put in shitty situations and then never turned out to be good? A lot, right? Teams that drafted rookie quarterbacks, look at the Browns, for example. How many Browns quarterbacks did they take number one overall or close to that? And just, it's not that they necessarily weren't good, but the Browns were such a terrible, toxic organization that they never progressed and they never turned out to be a good quarterback. I'm not saying it's all Bryce Young's fault for being so bad, but I think that having a year of losing is not good for his progression. Oh, I don't think yeah, he's gotten yeah, anywhere no, like, since the like beginning there, of the year. There is, there is a reality where he stays and rots in Carolina and doesn't develop. Yeah, 100%. I think that's, that's, a, that's a real reality. That's probably what's going to happen. I think he's going to last a couple more years in Carolina. I don't think the team's going to get much better next year at all because they're not going to have a first-round draft pick. Yeah, and then he's they're going to lose the same amount of games that they did this year, pretty much. Third year, who knows? Maybe he wins four or five games. Then you're three years into your NFL career with a god awful winning percentage, probably with no weapons at wide receiver, with no quarterback coaching, no head coaching that's going to be worth anything, and no one's going to want you on a second contract. And then you're going to become a backup. And then should you're going to be five for eight. Young's and then people are going to look at you and they're going to say, Bryce hey. Young demand a trade and sit out? Honestly? Honestly, yeah. Because I might that, do that if I was that Bryce way, Maybe the pan, maybe, you know, like, I think Bryce, I think there is a team who could, who would trade a second rounder for Bryce Young. Sure. Yeah. And, or, or, you know, maybe, maybe swap first round picks or, you know, maybe, maybe the Panthers give away their second round pick and can get a first round pick if they send Bryce Young away. Yeah. You know. Maybe maybe New England wants to take on Bryce Young. New England's a better situation than than fucking and and they can give him they can throw fucking Mac Jones at them for a fucking bridge quarterback. Sure, yeah, but in New England's position, anyone who's taking you know someone in the top five, I see, you know, I see four quarterbacks in the NFL draft that I think are probably worth more right uh, yeah, now. Yeah, I, I kind of forgot New England. Bryce Young got their own quarterback. Right, you've got obviously Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams will be the number one guy in the draft. You've got Drake May, who I don't know too much about, but from the highlights that I've seen, he looks like Josh Allen. And then you have Jaden Daniels, Heisman winner, who can run, who's accurate, who took a, a, a team that was not very good and turned them into an all right team. And uh, then you got Michael Penix, who's like 26 years old, but he throws perfect spirals every single time. And then you got Blake Corum, national champion, you know, maybe. Blake Corum, quarterback? Blake, or sorry, not Blake Corum. You know what I'm talking about. JJ. Uh, JJ. Yeah. Yeah. Who yeah. I, I don't, and I did want to ask you about this before we get really deep into the NFL playoffs and all that. Do you think that JJ McCarthy is good enough to be an NFL quarterback? Uh, a starter? Yeah. Like, do you think he'll get drafted in the first round and you know, a team will be like, all right, we'll, we'll try out JJ. No. Um, Fair. I, I think the same thing. I, I wanted to confirm with the Michigan fan. Yeah. He's not, he's not, to me, he's not like the, the Michigan doesn't win because of him. Right. He plays yeah. his role and he does a good job. Well, and, and like JJ, like JJ McCart, like, and, and here's the thing, you know, it's like, you know, we're, 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 we're talking about, you know, good quarterbacks and bad situations. There are some quarterbacks who are able to make better out of bad situations than others. And like, I don't think JJ McCarthy would know what to do with a bad football team. Yeah. I think I think JJ McCarthy could be a successful quarterback on a good NFL team. You know, if he gets drafted as a, as you know, if if the Chiefs want to go fucking get him as their backup and something happens to Patrick, actually, I don't know because the Chiefs don't have a whole lot of weapons. But you know, point stands. Sure. You know, if if the fucking Niners, if the Niners want to go get him, and God forbid something happens to Brock Purdy, I think JJ could do well with the Niners because you know the Niners are kind of like the Michigan of the NFL. Mm-hmm. Or the other way, or you know, vice versa. Um, but I don't think you know. It's like no team that's bad enough to start JJ McCarthy next year is going to want to start JJ McCarthy. Um, yeah. And you know, love him. God bless the guy. I love him, and I, I really want him to succeed. And I think there is a outcome where he does succeed, but I don't think that's through a bad team. Um, I think sure. that through, you know really locking yourself into a good situation. Um, yeah. And, uh, um, playoffs. Yeah. Right. So, so yes, we, we done, we done the, the CFB, you know, <laughs> yeah. that, that all, bottom all line, Michigan are national fucking champions, baby. Michigan wins. 
Let's go. Congrats. Actually, there, there was one more Harbaugh thing. This is this is my Harbaugh dark horse. We can keep it quick. Okay. Um, Seattle. Oh, I yeah. Hate, I forgot about Seattle. I would fucking hate it if Harbaugh ended up in Seattle. I'd want to kill myself um, because the peak of that Niners-Seahawks rivalry was, you know, when Harbaugh yeah. was in San Francisco. Um, but I could see it, um, you know, because Seattle's Seattle's a they, like they have a good foundation. They're a good team. They're a good front office. Um, and, you know, he's familiar with the NFL West or sorry, NFC West. Um, so I, I could I could see it. Um, and the I fact agree. that nobody's talking about it makes me think that it won't happen. Um, but I could see it. And I kind of just want to put it out there just in case I get kind of get a, oh, I called it moment. Yeah. 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 Might as well take that opportunity. The low it's risk. Correct. Would take. Yep. Yep. But uh, we've, we've, we've been discussing a lot of football teams that won't be playing football um, these next couple weeks. Uh, so let's start talking about some teams that will be playing football uh, in these next couple weeks, starting with the San Francisco 49ers. Um, I didn't get to watch really much of all much of, I didn't get to watch much of all the game yesterday um, because I, I had a hockey game. Um, I didn't play, so I did sneak my phone out of the bench and watch nice. bits and pieces. Um, and I, I did I did see the Dre Greenlaw interception, um, and I, I was hyped despite, you know, like, you know, we're losing like 8-1, and I'm like, let's fucking go. <laughs> <laughs> and um, But, but yeah, I watched um, – I don't know if you know who Grant Cohn is. Um, he's like a 49ers insider on YouTube. It's kind of like Matt Mayoko. Um, okay. <laughs> um, cool. Um, he, he's, a, he's a Niners insider. Um, and he, you know, basically his gist of the game was um, the Niners did not play great and they didn't play well enough to win a Super Bowl. But there's no reason to think that they won't play well enough to win a Super Bowl next week. And there's no reason to think that they won't play well enough to win a Super Bowl in three weeks. Yeah. I mean, I did watch the entire game. Um and I agree, the Niners did not play great. This was not our best game. There were a couple reasons why. Number one, our run defense. We were not able to stop the run. Yeah. Almost every single game that the Niners have played to this point in the season, you know, maybe we were getting beat deep. We were getting beat on, on some weird plays. But just consistently not being able to stop the run is, is not something that we've seen before. And it was really concerning. It felt like you know, Aaron Jones was getting out in open field in open space and there wasn't someone to meet him there. And it's very weird looking at the Niners and, and seeing that happen because you see yeah. every single time someone's in open space. Well, there's one of the top five linebackers in the league that's flying at you right after that, you know? Right. Um, and that and just wasn't the case. Behind him. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And it, it, I was, I was, I was saying that both Greenlaw and Warner were top five. That's what I was trying to say, but uh, uh, I don't know. You know, maybe that's a little bit overzealous, um, but that just wasn't happening in this game. And then the other issue was Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy did not play very well. I feel like Purdy doesn't play round. well in night games. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, and it was raining. It was raining. It was raining. It was raining. You know, um, he, he missed a lot of, he missed a lot of easy throws. There were some drops too. George Kittle had a very easy drop. That was tough. Um, a couple other plays that could have been made by our wide receivers that just weren't. Debo Samuel got hurt. Yep. And I think it was the second quarter. So we, we lost that aspect of our, of our game. And I felt like this game was the first game in Brock Purdy's career that the Niners won despite Brock Purdy, right? Yeah. <laughs> this was the, this was the like, Jimmy Brock. Like, yeah, flashes of Jimmy G, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. It was flashes of Jimmy G. But in the last drive of the game, when the Niners got the ball back with, I think, something like five minutes left in the fourth quarter, down by four, mm -hmm. you need the touchdown, right? You need to score a touchdown on this drive. And Purdy plays perfectly. Yeah. Every every play he did was perfect. If you were to give a quarterback rating, I don't know how they do that. It would have been a perfect quarterback rating yep. for that drive. And that's what you need. So right. I'm and sure it's you like, saw the graphic. Like, in, in the playoffs, that might be more important. You know, it's like, you know, you can't expect to throw for 300 yards and four touchdowns against playoff teams. So if you want to get to, you know, if you want to figure out how to beat them, get some practice against leading fourth quarter game winning drives. That's you know, huge. Let, 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 let Brock Purdy figure out how to win ugly. You saw, I'm sure you saw the graphic, but this is 0 and 30, yep. right? 0 and 30 in yeah. the Shanahan era going into the fourth quarter, losing by five or more points. 
And this was the first game that we won in that situation. A little bit of an asterisk there because the first play of the fourth quarter was right. a field goal to put right, us down right. by yeah. two. But hey, I, I was actually I thought about that. I was I was watching I was watching the Moody field goal like uh, this yeah. morning, and I'm like, hey, you know, he kicks the ball, and then the timer starts going, and then it goes through the uprights. So technically, yeah. that counts, you know. But <laughs> yeah, the graphic is I true. Think, I think in the in the eyes of God, there probably is an asterisk over that one. Um, but yeah. you know, nonetheless, you know, like the like the Niners, you know, like what what you know what you have been able to say bad about the Niners um, is that they can't win ugly. You know, it's like they they win they win pretty and they win pretty a lot, but they you know when it's a close game in the fourth quarter, they usually don't come out on top, um, and especially if they fall behind. Um, and it, it was you know, it's nice to see that the Niners did that. You know. Cause it's the playoffs and you're, you know, you're going to have to do that in the playoffs. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, they you know, either next week, the Niners turn up and win by 30, like they did all season, or they can try to win like they won last week or this week. Yeah. It gives a little bit of more hope for how we can win games in the playoffs, which is great. Um, Next week, though, I do think things are going to be different. I think that Purdy is going to play a lot better next week. Mm -hmm. Part of this was because of the long rest, right? He didn't play in the last game of the year. He didn't play last week, obviously, because of the first round buys. That's three weeks without playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had three weeks off, you know. And then you come back and you win a game that's like, you know, if any game is going to put you back into the the rhythm of of playing football, it was this one. Because it was a struggle at the beginning. And then at the end, we did exactly what we needed to do to, to seal the game. So I feel excited about how, about where the Niners are right now. And I think that we are in as good of a position as we could be to beat the Lions next week. So I'm very excited about that. We can talk about the Lions a little bit. Um, they beat yesterday. No, today. today. Today, they beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Detroit for their second playoff win in, I think it was 32 years or something like that. Yeah, long time. Absolutely incredible. Jared Goff the greatest quarterback in Cal history. Um, he's playing great. He's playing out yeah. of his mind. And the defense was also playing really good. Surprisingly throughout the year, they were not good, but their linebackers and their DBs um, were rushing the quarterback effectively. And it seemed like they couldn't do much in the passing game. The Bucks couldn't do much in the passing game and they have a really good passing game. So um, congratulations to the lions. I'm very excited to see Jared Goff, play against the San Francisco 49ers next week. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't really have a whole lot to say about the lions. Um, I think they're good. They're, they're legit. They're a good team. You know, they're, they win, they win games. They have good players. Um, and they definitely like, I'm happy for them and they definitely deserve to be where they are, especially with the Cowboys being the Cowboys and the Eagles being the Eagles. I think the lions are the second best team in the NFC. Um, and I, th- so I, I, I think they've earned it. I think they deserve to be where they are. Um, but that being said, I, you know, I think the Niners are the better team. I think a lot of people think the Niners are the better team and I expect the better team to win at home in the NFC championship game, knock on wood. Um, and, uh, uh, shit. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, Same. I think, you know, I think, I think Jared Goff, I think Jared Goff is a good quarterback, but I think it takes a special kind of quarterback to, you know, beat the one seed in the NFC championship game without, you know, prior, uh, without your team having prior playoff experience, you know? Um, and I don't, you know, and Jared Goff's not, I'm not going to think Jared Goff's that quarterback until he goes out and, and does it. And I, well, really, and I really hope he doesn't, you know, Jared Goff did make it to the Super Bowl. Are you forgetting? Uh, no, but the Rams were the one seed that year in the NFC and you know, I'm just talking, you know, like, like the team, the, the whole team, you know, this is Detroit's, you know, as right. it's, it's their first, it's their first trip to the postseason. Um, And I think if you're, if you're going to be a team that's looking to beat the 49ers, you know, they're the one seed. So they're going to be at home. They have tons of playoff experience. They're also really fucking goddamn good. So if, if you're a team that's looking to beat the 49ers on the road with a spot to the Super Bowl on the line in your first trip to the playoffs, you need an exceptional quarterback. Um, and with respect to Jared Goff, I don't think he's, you know, he, God forbid he proves me wrong next week, but I don't think he's that quarterback. Hmm. 
Okay. I was really trying my best to preview this game without shitting on Jared Goff or just like in I'm general. Like, I just like, I just no, no, I, I was, this is me. Like, you can, you can say that if you want. That was just my personal goal because I love him because oh. he's my favorite player. If he was on the Niners, he'd be my favorite player ever. Well, and um, I'm, I mean, that's kind of my point. I'm not shitting on him. Like, I just think you need to be like an MVP caliber quarterback to do what Jared Goff has to do. And it's not shitting on Jared Goff to say that he's not an MVP caliber quarterback. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, yeah, he was not an MVP caliber quarterback, unfortunately, this year. He had a little little bit of a stretch where he was kind of kind of in the running, but yeah, uh, no, I mean he he balled he balled out. Yeah, but, he balled know. out. And and it's it's been a great story for the Lions. I do hope it ends, though. Obviously, I hope it ends this yeah. week. And yeah. I was kind of rooting for the Buccaneers in this game today because I did go and see the Buccaneers destroy the Eagles in yeah. Tampa Bay. Which was good um, to pick them. I'm really glad. Really cool. I'm really glad I forgot to pick the Eagles, and then you yeah. picked them, and I had to pick the Bucks. That really worked out for me. It did. It did. Um, but I got it. Really, I, I got into like rooting for the Bucks because I was like, you know, I was with the people, man. It was uh-huh. fun. Um, so I, I was rooting for the Bucks today, and they couldn't pull it off. But uh, well, I, I would have rather played the Bucks than the Lions. Yeah, same. I was I was rooting for the Bucks for two reasons. It was it was one just because I had seen them win, I was excited about them, and then the other reason was I don't think the Bucks are as good as the Lions, and I think that they yeah. proved that. So yeah. we will have to play a good team, and to beat to win the Super Bowl, you have to play good teams. And well, if, right. if and gonna, it's like you know we're we're gonna you know if if we beat the Lions, we're gonna have to we're play, gonna have to play the Chiefs or the Ravens. Yeah, it's gonna be shit. a shit. I fuck, dude. I was so hoping that like the Browns, yeah. you know find a way to play the Super Bowl with the Texans. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Same. Fuck, like the goddamn Ravens or the Chiefs like that. Or even know, the yeah. Bills. Even the Bills would have been easier because you know the Bills know. are like. Bills are good. Bills are good. Absolutely. The Bills are good. But but the Bills lose in the playoffs. That's true. That's true. The, the Bills the, find a way to not get it done in the playoffs. The Chiefs do not lose in the playoffs. They yeah. win Super Bowls. And yeah. the Ravens look like a team, at least in terms of the way that they played this year, that just can't be beat. You know, the, the team is playing. Right. Yeah. Perfect. I mean, we, we saw, we saw what happens when we, when we played the Ravens, it didn't go well. And that that's not to say I expect the same thing to happen in the Super Bowl Should we play them, but it's just like, there's no, you know, like fuck, what fuck whatever happened in the past with the Ravens in the playoffs. They're fucking insane this year. Like, yeah. Uh, the, this game against the Texans kind of proved it to me too, because I was, you know, the Texans were on a, on a really hot streak. They had basically won three playoff games or two, two playoff games to that point because their last game in the regular season right, was, it was or, or go home. Right. And Stroud had been playing amazing and their offense looked really good. Their defense also looked really good. Their edge rushers were getting to the quarterbacks. And um, and then when it came to this game, the first half looked, you know, it looked like the Texans were still in it. But the second half was just domination. You know, it yeah. kind of was like, you know, this team just isn't as good as the Ravens. Their defense looks better than the Browns defense throughout the year, which is saying a lot. Yeah, um, they play. They play physical. They play very physical, and then offensively, Lamar extends drives. Well, yeah, they just find a way to pick up bullshit first downs. Like, yeah, oh, you just... know, cool. You know, it looks like you're about to sack him on you know on third and eight. And next thing you know, Lamar scrambled for twelve yards. You know, like it just keeps. It, it's kind of how Mahomes does it. You know, it's the same way. It's an elite quarterback who yeah. changes the game. Right. Which so. is you know, I don't think Jared Goff is that. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Right. Sure. 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 Um. So let's hope. Let's really hope that the Niners can beat the Lions and that I don't even, I don't know what I'm rooting for in this next game. Who do you want to, to win the chiefs or the Ravens? I want um, both Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes to be found with a ton of drugs in their, in their possession. Um, yeah. That's if what it I'm, turns out in the next I am rooting. I am rooting for the good, hardworking drug dealers of America to make their way to Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. If, if, if somehow in the next three weeks we find out, that um, those redacted names from Epstein's flight list yeah. were Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. That would oh, be no. okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like you like if you want to win a Super Bowl, like you can't, you know, you, you want to win, you know, you can't hope to win a Super Bowl by playing the easy teams. It's like you want to, you know, you got you got to be the best team to win the Super Bowl. So. And to be the best team, you got to beat the best teams. Um, yeah. and I, I have faith in the Niners to do that. You know, obviously, like, you know, Detroit's a good team. And, on you know, and past Detroit, either Kansas City or Baltimore, it's an even better team. But I have faith in the Niners. You know, I, I they're also 
a good team and I also expect them to win. And, you know, it's like, I, I have enough faith in the Niners where it's like, oh shit, we can't beat, you know, like, I don't think there's a team. I don't think there's a team that we can't beat. From the neutral perspective of someone who's not rooting for any of the teams that are left in the playoffs, these are clearly the, the four best teams in the league. And it's really exciting. I mean, um, maybe, maybe there's an argument for Buffalo ahead of Detroit. Hard to say after today. Oh, ahead of Detroit. No, no, no that's what I'm saying. Oh, no. Buffalo. The four best teams that could have possibly been in this. Yes, yes. In the NFC two, or yeah. AFC. The two best teams in the AFC and the two best teams in the NFC. I agree yes. with that. Yes. Um, so, yeah, really exciting. Uh, let's go Niners. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, we go do ahead. have to get into some things that we missed. We haven't done a, an episode in a while. And I think the most important thing, obviously the most important thing to me that's happened in the sports world, I, I mentioned in, in the previous episode that it was, it, I don't, okay, I'll, I'll, whatever. It's going to be hard for me to like put how I'm feeling into words, uh-huh. but Shohei Otani signs a million year long $1 contract with yeah. the Los Angeles That Dodgers. was the, the absolute, like you could not like, did you even think that was possible? Like, did you no, even think that was an option? I didn't. I did like, not like, think. The, like, it's not that the worst possible thing happened. It's that something worse happened. Something worse something, than that something that you never could have imagined. I know it would have happened. And then, and then they signed Yoshinobu Yamamoto. The on the same bullshit too, right? On the same. No, he didn't. He didn't defer his contract. Oh, but, he didn't. Okay, but it's a big contract. I think it's like a two hundred million dollar contract. Um, and whoo, yeah, I'm upset. I'm right. upset about it's this. Like, you know, like, and the one thing I think is, you know, it's like, oh, okay, all right. If Shohei goes to the Dodgers, they might, they won't have as much money to go out and sign fucking everyone else too. No, they actually have like all of that money left. And obviously more people are going to want to go there because the greatest yeah, player of all time. And now people will take fucking pay cuts to play for the Dodgers. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone wants to play. They have how many MVPs on that team? How many MVPs? We've got two MVPs in Who's Shohei Otani. Right. You've got Freddie Freeman who won an MVP. You've got yep. Mookie Betts who won an MVP. You've got Clayton Kershaw who won an MVP. And, you know, Max Muncie was almost there. He's like a top three MVP guy uh, last year. Yeah. It's like, imagine if they still had Seeger too. Seeger? They almost had, well, they don't have Seeger anymore. No, um, yeah. That's why I said, imagine if they still had him too. Imagine if they had Bellinger. That's an MVP right there and too. Bellinger. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, like this dog team, like is not like I feel like it could get better. Like it's not in its final form. Like, no, not even. And you've got you've got Walker Bueller coming back from injury. Coming back, yeah. This year, this is very sad. The Giants did our best. We yeah. picked up Jung Hu Lee, who is pretty good. I think. Yeah, yeah. His, his yeah. great nickname. That's on base. Yep. His, his nickname Robbie is Ray. Grand, you guys got Robbie grandson. Ray. Grandson of the wind is the nickname for Jung Hu Lee, and we did that, trade for Robbie Ray. Bucks. Um, so I'm pretty excited about that. I think the Giants will be a little bit better in the trade. I'd like to get your perspective on this, Ryan. We traded Anthony DiScofani and Mitch Haniger to go get, um, Robbie Ray. Uh, Mitch Haniger last year was injured for most of the year and he's on a pretty large contract for two years. And then Anthony DiScofani has been injured for the past two years, but the year before that, he had a really good season. He, he pitched with about a 3.3 ERA. Um, what do you think? Yeah. Um, well, I'm 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 glad I'm glad the the podcast made its way into uh this sort of discussion because I wanted to bring it up. Um, I wanted to talk about this for that questionnaire I have. Um, right. For the San Francisco Giants media relations intern, and the question is, you like what you know what one transaction from the Giants from last year stood out to you? Tell us why. I'm like, all right, shit, let's let's fucking <laughs> let's get it all Amazing. out there. Yeah. Um, and I do like the Robbie Ray trade because the Giants have, um done very well with like high upside veteran pitchers the last couple of years. They did really well with Gossman. They did yeah. really well with Rodon. Um, yeah. And I think they could do, I think what whatever they did with those two guys, uh, they could do it with Robbie Ray as well. Um, I think, you know, Mitch Haniger was like the kind of guy that Mitch Haniger is. It's not the the mold of player that the Giants have built championships around. You know, yeah. we, we it's a lot of high average guys and then people who, know how to string hits together. It's really like when the Giants are at the best, they're at their best with a team that that uh, has a lot of cohesion. And um, it seems like they can put together uh, rallies and stuff like that. It's, it's sort of like a uh, a team's team, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Um, you know, th- those words you said didn't help me, but I, I knew what you were saying. <laughs> right. <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, uh, Robbie Ray. Robbie Ray had obviously a, a Cy Young level season. 
two or three years ago at this point. And then last year, he, I think it was two years ago. Yeah. Um, and then uh, last year he pitched, I believe it was with like a 3.9 ERA. Well, he only pitched with like, some injuries. Uh, I think he only pitched like a month. I think yeah, he was it, it was like, very, very short in the season. Hurt. Um, so um, I, I almost feel like it's completely a throwaway season. Um, my, my personal opinion on the trade is I'm not super excited for Robbie Ray. I don't think Robbie Ray is going to come in and he's going to be better than Kevin Gosman was. But yeah, <laughs> I think he'll be good. I think he'll be uh, he'll be a, a solid starting rotation pitcher, which is great because we need those. And to get rid of Mitch Hanniger and to get rid of Anthony Scafani, I'm actually kind of happy with because Hanniger was struggling with injuries. He'd struggled with injuries ever since I think it was like four or five years ago at this point when he was playing in Seattle and he hit like 35 home runs. Yeah, and he just hasn't been able to get back there. I don't expect him to succeed at a high level just because everything's changed in the MLB since he was good. You know, it's right. it's a whole different game now. Well, and it's he, like what, what Mitch Hanniger did that made him good five years ago. Fucking everybody can do that now. That's true. Yeah. A, a 30, 35 home run, 240 batter. Yeah. Uh, those guys aren't hard. I'm a dozen nowadays. Yeah. So <laughs> you've got, and then Anthony DiScofani is, is getting a lot older. I think he's turning 34 this year. And he All right. and, I, and I feel like falling you know, off prone with injuries. Best, best case scenario for I, I still can't pronounce his name. Um Disclafani. Disclafani. Best case scenario for Disclafani, he's probably like third in the Giants rotation. He's not gonna you know, like he, he's not gonna kind of compare to Logan Webb. Um and who who's your uh who's your other really good starter last year? Alex Cobb. Alex Cobb, Cobb yeah. had a great season. Yeah. So it's like I, I don't I don't see I don't see um Di Sclafani, um, you know, getting into that same conversation with uh, Cobb and um, Webb. I was getting confused with Cobb, Webb, and Cobb, Webb, and Wood. You guys have too many yeah. one-syllable Cobb, Webb, and Wood. Yeah, um, and Wood was the one who wasn't anything special. Wood did not have a great season this year. In our, in our best season, he was actually very good. But um, yeah, but th- this year, it was it was Cobb and Webb. Cobb and Webb. Yeah, Webb uh, Webb didn't have an amazing year this year. He he obviously pitched really well, but he kind of got he kind of got screwed on it. Like it was like it was a couple bad innings um throughout the year. Yeah, I mean he's still like he's still Logan Webb. Like he's been good for oh, absolutely. absolutely like like and yeah he's proven it. Like you know it's like these other guys. You know it's like all right they're good for one season then they're okay for another. Like Logan Webb's been been the man for yeah. two three years now. He's a top he's a top ten pitcher in the league. Sure, yeah, and so so I think you know if if you're if if you're okay washing your hands with Hanniger. Which I think you should be, um, you know, you can, um, you know, you you can you can be happy in upgrading from Di Sclafani to uh, to Robbie Ray because I think Robbie Ray can uh, compete with Webb and Cobb for being you know the man the the guy in the in that rotation. Whereas I don't see Di Sclafani doing that. That's true. Very very true. Um, when it comes to your application. I would maybe suggest getting a little bit more into the weeds with some of the the AAA call ups that the yeah. that the Giants I mean, have Patrick had this Bailey, year. I mean Patrick Bailey, like I like I'll say like I'm thinking like I I like when I was thinking about how I'm going to answer that. I'm thinking all right, it's either Robbie Ray or uh, Patrick Bailey. Patrick Bailey, Patrick Bailey is an interesting one. Wade Meckler, I don't know. Wade, Wade Meckler is a very interesting prospect who who only played the last like 20 years. That's fine. I don't care. <laughs> it's, that's the point you have like like i i basically i think that you should really get into the weeds with this one and pick something that most people wouldn't say you know just to be like oh i'm yeah. a, i mean it's it's a fine line to walk because you know it's like you know if if you're picking the one that most people wouldn't say there's probably a reason for it like <laughs> sure i i, I don't i don't think you can go wrong with with saying um patrick bailey i would i would say patrick bailey's probably the best and maybe his like uh rise to becoming the everyday um catcher and then and well, sort of did, like did moving, moving from i don't think he did win the goal glove i'm not sure if he had enough games to do that um he will he will win moving long. from moving from blake sable who was kind of like the every other day catcher sable and then moving him to the outfield and having um patrick bailey be the everyday catcher and patrick bailey coming out from triple a i think that's a really interesting story robbie ray is is sort of like the you know, look up giants moves on Google. And the first thing is, right. Well, yeah, yeah. 
but I, I like, but I feel like, you know, I, I feel like the two easiest answers are probably, I, I, I don't think it's the jungle. Um, I wasn't going to answer him because I feel like he was sort of a consolation prize to both Shohei and Yamamoto. I agree though. He, he was a consolation prize. He MVP of the Korean league last year or two years ago, not last year, last year he had injuries, career well, like, 340 batter, career 340 batter. I know, but he's got to hit home runs in the MLB. Like he does not hit home runs. That's not I what he does. I know. Which is why which, very which, fast. which is why I'm not stoked about him. He doesn't hit home runs. Um no one on the Giants hits home runs. That's true. That's true. You know, it's like, you know, he for everything that Mitch Hanniger isn't, uh Jung Hoo Lee is. You know, yes. And and that's what the Giants and that's what the Giants are looking for. So they're We're looking for someone fast. He's gonna hit at the top of the lineup. Hopefully in the MLB he can hit above three hundred. That'd be sick. And he's going to steal a lot of bases and be, play good center field defense. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, you know what? They're, they're like, he is a giant, you know? He is a, uh, he, he's, oh, yeah. He's, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so that, that, I think that might be enough free agency talk. Um, we spent most of the time talking about the Giants. I kind of wanted to just talk a little bit about um, Shohei and all that, but, you know, there's not much to say other than it's the worst thing that's ever happened. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's not sports. much to say other than what it is, you know. <laughs> it is what it is. Um, Fixing the Warriors is next on the list. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so Luke, Lucas and I talked about this one for a decent bit um, before we started recording. Um, and we sort of got to the conclusion that, like, shit, like, it, <laughs> it, 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 that's, a difficult thing to do like we we got to accept that we might be fucked um yeah. just because you know we we agreed that you know kind of the, the the reality of the situation is it is likelier that with the pieces that the warriors have namely clay wiggins draymond um chris paul um all these older guys were paying a lot of money and are underperforming um, we agreed that it's it's likelier that they put it together than whatever we can get for them actually improving this team. Yes. Um, so I I think the likeliest thing and the thing that I want the Warriors to do is hold on for dear life and pray. Um, and that yep. that it's a shitty situation to be in, but it is the situation we are in. Um, just because you know it's like the the you know this is sort of what we taught you know what um this might not have ended up being the case, but remember what I said about James Harden, um, which you know, kind of ended up being wrong. But like what I said about James Harden, you know, like the, the Sixers might have more value in him, you know, trying to get it to work with him rather than whatever they can get for him. And obviously that maybe didn't end up being the case, but I feel like it's kind of the situation the Warriors are in. Um, you know, there there's a likelier chance that the Warriors make it work with what they have than make it work with what they can get. I agree with that the best case scenario for the Warriors is that Draymond Green comes back and he plays elite level defense and he can, he can somehow bring the offense back together along the way. And Clay Thompson just minimizes his shots and, and shoots at a higher percentage than he has. And if that happens, then the Warriors can be a lot better than they are right now. I still don't know if it's enough for the Warriors to be a championship contender this year, but like we said, you're not going to get much for Clay Thompson in a trade. You're going to have to give up your young pieces in a trade for someone who probably won't be able to contribute enough this year to help us win a championship. So it's a really tough spot to be in. The only thing that we did come up with that was potentially something that could work maybe is the Chicago Bulls wanting to move on from Zach Levine. And the Warriors have a decent package for Zach Levine, mainly surrounding around Clay Thompson's contract of 43 million dollars if the bulls want to free up some cap space uh you know i'm sure they're going to command a lot for zach levine but if they're interested in that expiring contract which is sort of valuable in the nba um you could potentially do something along the lines of zach levine for clay thompson and the warriors package the warriors package being jonathan kaminga potentially um What's the white kid's name? I can't remember right now. I'm yes. blanking. Uh, from Santa Clara, the redhead. Pajemski. I think you just said it. Um, yeah. Brandon Pajemski and a couple first round picks. That's 
really what we have. It it could happen that you know the Warriors uh, take on Zach Levine and and send Clay Thompson's expiring contract to Chicago. Um, but you know for that to happen, the Warriors a got to sell a lot of their future. B got to move on from Clay Thompson, who's a fucking Warriors legend and Steph Curry's best friend. Um, and C, this is assuming that the that the Bulls, you know, are so you know married to the idea of divorcing Zach Levine and want to do it in the form of taking on um, expiring contracts. Yeah. Um, interested enough in, you know, young warriors pieces. Um, and so, so yeah, you know, it's, you know, it's not There's very a lot likely. of things that have to line up for that to yeah. be a possibility and it's unlikely. So yeah. likely the warriors will stick with the guys that we have and hope that it gets better. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and again, in that, in that sort of, um, in that sort of, you know, when we were talking before we started recording, you know, we, we wanted to put together this trade that, you know, could include Draymond and Clay, and then this one that wouldn't, and it would probably be focused on Chris Paul and Wiggins. Um, but, you know, Wiggins specifically, you know, he's got four years left on his contract. Um, he's not, he's only making $25 million a year. Um, and it's like, what could we like, if, if we traded Wiggins, what team would want him that would also give us something that we want? Like if we trade Wiggins, are we trying to blow it up? And like, would we take on young guys and bench pieces? No. If we trade Wiggins, would we want to take on a better player? Yeah, but like, who's willing to give away a better player and receive Wiggins? You know, no one. You know, same same for Chris Paul. You know, Chris Paul's uh, a little bit more maneuverable. Um, he technically has two years left on his contract, um, but the the next year of his contract is not guaranteed. And I can't imagine anyone wanting to guarantee Chris Paul the thirty million dollars he has left on his contract next year. So I think you know, come June twenty seventh. Um, Chris Paul's getting a pink slip. Um, yeah. So, so, you know, the, the maneuverability of that is, you know, um, you, you could, if, if you want to keep clay, you could send Chris Paul to a team with those, you know, those young guys and try to get someone like Zach Levine. But at the end of the day, does the value even match up at that point? Like what, what player worth bringing in can you get for Chris Paul and Kaminga and one of Moody or Pajemski or, you know, even maybe even Gary Payton, if a team likes Gary Payton, you know, who, you know, fill in the blank. You know, like what player yeah. worth getting is worth or what player could we even get for? Ugh, let me start over. It the is. Player, yeah, I, I think we get it. It's, get it's just not Paul. worth it. Yeah. The player that we can get for Chris Paul and those young pieces, is he even worth getting? And the answer is no. So, yeah, yeah moving on from the Warriors, it's kind of sad, kind of hard for us to deal with right now. but. We're, a lot of good teams in the, the NBA. Of grief. Are we? Yes. Are we at? What are the stages of grief? See, this is this is why I wanted to screen share so I could so we could look shit up like this. Uh, I think we're in acceptance. I think we're in acceptance. I think we're beyond. I don't know if I'm at acceptance quite yet. No, I've <laughs> uh, terrible Warriors basketball. I think it is it bargaining. I think it might be depression or acceptance. I'm past bargaining. I'm no longer telling myself. Yeah, I, I, I think I think we just move past bargaining. Congratulations. That's great. That's really yeah. good. That's not good. I guess we're going to be in depression now, but <laughs> yeah, we're in defeat. Yeah. Yeah. So is that good? <laughs> good teams in the At NBA. Not denial. Yeah. It's not uh, denial. That's true. Yeah. Shit. I mean, it's just, uh, it, it, it is, it is, it is depressing. You know, it's like how, how quickly the Warriors built it back up, you know, from those two years of everyone being hurt and sucking. It, it almost feels like it fell apart just as quickly. It might have. Yeah, we got to hope that we're not rock bottom yet. We're only four games below 500. I, you know, I can see us still making the playoffs this year. You know, that's not that's not out of the question. We're like we're like the fucking 12 seed right now, though. That's true. But um, and it's like, you know, I'm just I'm 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 beyond saying that the Warriors are potentially in the same caliber as I'm basically beyond us saying that we're in the same caliber as teams like the Celtics or the Nuggets and um. We're just not. We're we're in a lower tier than that. Speaking of tiers, we want to do some contenders versus pretenders uh, with some some interesting in the NBA who've been playing very well. Um, just they're a team that will be around in uh, the NBA playoffs and maybe making a deep run in the playoffs. 
Uh, to start, I'd like to talk about the the Clippers, who we basically buried and killed in our <laughs> last episode because they traded for James Harden and things did not go well for the first six to seven games. Um, but episode, they absolute heater. Clippers basketball very well. Um, Ryan, what do you think in in the NBA playoffs this year? Do you see the Clippers potentially making a run? Well, first, I would like to extend my heartfelt uh, your welcomes to Clippers Nation for jinxing it and allowing this to happen. Um, if I just kept my goddamn mouth yeah. shut, uh, the Clippers would probably still be clippering it up. Um, but I had to get involved, um, and I I True. I really set the Clippers on their way towards success. Um, so, Clippers Nation, you're welcome. Um, you know, you can send me, you know, my Venmos are Greenberg97. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I feel like I feel better about the Clippers than I did um, our last episode. And I felt better. But, you know, I remember I remember in the summer, too, you know, I was really on the Clippers. Um, and obviously, I feel a lot better about them now than I did then. Um, but again, you know, kind of, you know, Kind of what I w- was saying about the Nuggets, I feel like I'm going to say it about the Clippers. You know, what I was saying about Jared Goff, I was going to say it. You know, I- I'm going to say it about the Clippers because, you know, it's like the Clippers have been in a situation where they're about as good. And like, all right, now they're ready to take the next step. And then they don't. Um, so the Clippers have, you know, because of their history, have put themselves in in uh, in in the Greenbergian paradox. You know, I won't believe in them until they're already real. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, yeah. And, you know, it's like, I, yeah. I, have, I have, you won't believe in the Denver Nuggets to go back, back. Yeah. 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 Um, I have, I have, I, I do feel better about the Clippers, um, than I did fill in the blank amount of time ago. Um, but you know, it's like at the end of the day, they still got to be better than the Nuggets and the, and the Celtics, um, to, you know, and not choke against another team, you know? And, you know, maybe maybe a team like Phoenix puts it together. Maybe Sacramento goes on a heater for the rest of the season. You know, it's like, yeah, the Clippers are good, but they also have to win four, play, you know, three. They have to win three playoff series to, I feel like, kind of earn my respect. And it's just like to win three playoff series, you have to beat three. If you're lucky, two good NBA teams. And, you know, it's hard to do. Sure. Yeah. I'm kind of in a, a similar boat, but um I think it's very easy to look at the Clippers and say they're a first round exit, right? Because they've been a first round exit for the past five years or however long they've been, they've been um, with that duo of Chris Paul or sorry, of, of, uh, of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Yeah. But there's something else that I've learned over the years of watching NBA basketball. And that's that it takes more than a year for it to click, right? For things to work out. Uh, teams don't just, become assembled and then immediately win a championship that just that just doesn't happen like it takes time for um these collective these these teammates to to mesh on a on a level where they can win an nba finals there's two conflicting things that i'm seeing right with the clippers one is that paul george Kawhi leonard and the gang in la has lost enough nba playoff series for me to say that this is a legit team now yeah, they're gonna say win. they're going to start winning. Yeah, that's that's what I think, you know, because it's been that long. But there's a new look to this team. Russell Westbrook is on the team. James Harden is on the team. This isn't the same team that lost all those playoffs. Is that a good thing? Is it a bad thing? I don't really know. Yeah, so I'm going to revert. That's a great take. Thank you. I'm going to revert to saying that. It's like, the are they a new team, team or runs, are they an old team? Right. I don't, I don't even know. Like, like at this point, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to revert, though, to saying that the way that this team runs offensively, which still is kind of this like your turn, my turn offense, I don't think that's going to work. So my answer to why I don't think that the Clippers are going to win the championship this year or make a super deep run in the playoffs is because they don't work as cohesively as a team as some other teams do um, that are more likely to win the, the championship, in my opinion. Yep. So I think they're a good team, but I'm going to say pretender. Well, yeah. And it's like, and at the end of the day, like any, you know, let, let's say, let's say, you know, making the, fi- you know, not saying this is fair or not, but let's just say for the sake of argument, making the finals um, is kind of the benchmark for the Clippers. Um, 
at the end of the day, there's a one eighth chance, you know, there are eight teams competing for that one final spot. And, you know, and about, you know, three of those teams probably deserve it. You know, it's like, there are more teams that deserve to play in the finals than there are teams playing in the finals. So it's like, you know, even if the Clippers are great, you know, it's like they still might not make the finals because, you know, it's like there are good teams in the NBA. Yeah, that's true. That's and, true. and it's like the Clippers aren't the Clippers aren't the runaway team in the Western Conference to where it's like, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. it's like, you know, their talent is just blowing everyone away and, and we can't deny it. Yeah. Not yet. You know, maybe they're not, they yeah, they're not that. Yeah. You know, um, um, like the Lions. <laughs> um, kind of. Um, but yeah, yeah you know, it's like, um, you know, uh, like, can this Clippers team do it? Yeah. But like, do I have a you know, this 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 is my take summed up. Can they do it? Yes. And do I feel better about them? Yes. But do I think they will do it? No. All right. Moving on to the Timberwolves, a team that sits atop the Western Conference right now and seemingly has put it together. How are we feeling about the Timberwolves? Do you think that that is a team that could potentially make a run to the NBA Finals? Um. No, because I think, you know, you need to fail in the playoffs before you succeed in the playoffs. Um, let me, let me, let me revise that. I think you need to fail past the first round of the playoffs before right. you can, um, before you can uh, succeed in the playoffs. And so like, I think this is, I think this is stage two of, you know, the Timberwolves five-year plan. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I think they're at the stage now where they can start losing to, you know, like they can start playing good teams really well and lose to them in the second or third round. And they're gonna have to do that for, two years and keep everybody happy uh, in order to take that next step. Um, And it's just like, you know, I uh, not stoked about Rudy Gobert. Um, I'm not stoked about, you know, yeah, they're 30 and 12 right now, but like, you know, I'm not stoked about, you know, I'm not over the moon confident about them spreading the floor, you know, against a playoff team, you know, four times out of seven. Um, And so, you know, like, for different reasons, I feel the same way about the Timberwolves as I do the Clippers. Interesting. Um, my opinion on the on the Timberwolves, uh, kind of in the same way. Different reasons, but I think similar um, answers because the Timberwolves have put it together, right? This is the same theory as before. It takes a couple of years, right? Last year was the first year of their Rudy Gobert-based team and their too-big style and... Cat playing the four essentially all the time and Anthony Edwards being the leader of the team this year. It's the same situation, but everything's working. Anthony Edwards has made the jump that we were talking about Anthony Edwards making. He's there. Rudy Gobert is working in the system because they figured out how to unclog the paint and Rudy Gobert, when he is in the paint, he's generally in a good position for being a dunker. He's leading the league in dunks by far. I think he's like 40 or something ahead of the second place person in dunks. Um, so I think in terms of the scheme of this team, kind of not like what I was saying with the Clippers, I think this is a championship type of team. This is the type of team that works well together. They make sense on paper and they've been around for long enough for them to gel. But like you said before, I think it does take a little bit more losing in the playoffs. You need to get a little yeah. bit farther. Like right? quality, Past the first round. Quality uh, losing. Quality losing. But for that reason... I think that the Timberwolves make it to the Western Conference Finals this year. I don't know if they make it past the Western Conference Finals. They could make it to the Finals. I don't see them winning the Finals this year because of that inexperience, but I definitely do see them as a top team in the league and making a deep playoff run this year. Yeah. Um, Well, and you're, you know, I'm I'm sort of looking at the West right now, and it's like the only team that I feel confident is going to be in the Western Conference Finals is the Nuggets. So I feel like there is one spot in the Western Conference Finals that's up for grabs that could go to a team that hasn't been there, like the Timberwolves, maybe even the Clippers. Um, you know, it could also go to the Thunder. Right. Yes. And and talking about the Thunder, the Thunder, in my opinion, a very similar thing to the Timberwolves, but with a little bit more upside, right? This is a very young team that has been built for a long time around a superstar in Shea Gildas-Alexander. Yeah. Like MVP, so, MVP candidate. MVP candidate in him. And they're absolutely killing it. And watching their games, it's like, not only do they work well together, but their star power, I think, is higher than other teams. Jalen Williams out of Santa Clara University, to me, is is playing better than Jalen Brown. 
you know, I, I'm, I'm not sure if I dig into the numbers, that'll stay exactly as I've, I've, you know, I'm not I, sure, I'm I not sure it's going to confirm, that, but I still believe in it. Exactly what I'm saying. But <laughs> the way he looks, he passes the eye test. The guy is a killer. He's fast. He can shoot. He blows past anyone. And as a number two option for that offense, like that's all you can ask for. So, yeah. um, and Josh Giddy did beat the case. So Josh Giddy beat the case. Shout out to Josh Giddy. He's still going to, he's going to get minute. You know, he's not going to get taken out of the, well, actually he legally beat the case. I don't know that he's out of the woods yet with the NBA. Yes. The NBA is still uh, investigating the guy, but in the meantime, he's playing. And basically, you know, I think this team is really, really good. Yeah. Same yeah, thing with the yeah. Timberwolves. I don't know if this is a championship caliber team. We saw what happened with the Thunder before, right? When they had a bunch of young, really good players and they pushed to the finals. They didn't win. They lost LeBron James. But this could maybe be a similar situation. I yeah. like the Timberwolves a lot this year. Um, don't know if they're going to win the finals, though. Yeah. Wait, the Timberwolves or the Thunder? The Thunder. That's what I meant to say. Yeah, I yeah. said the Thunder. Actually, same thing with the Timberwolves, but also the Thunder. Yeah, yeah, both. Yeah. Well, right. And, and you know, um, um, you know, like, yeah, I, I kind of said the same thing with different words a couple minutes ago. But, like, this is – I feel like this is a good year in the West for a team to, um, you know – kind of kind of break their ceiling um just because you know they're they're the nuggets are still there but there's nobody else that's really there that's going to you know bully these smaller younger less experienced teams out of a spot in the conference finals you know it's like that that other spot to you know kind of kind of the opportunity to play the nuggets in the conference finals um is there it's totally it's there. there like so like this this is a good year for this is a good year for a team in the west to take the next step um, you know i would maybe argue right now that's gonna be maybe for for me I think the the team that has the best opportunity to make it to the Western Conference Finals, obviously I do have the Nuggets winning the championship. I said at the beginning of the year, I'm going to say, I'm going to repeat it right now. I think the Nuggets are going to win the championship. The best team, the team that has the opportunity to play them in the Western Conference Finals, I think is the team that doesn't play them in the second round, right? Yeah. It's yeah. going to be one of these guys who yeah. has to play them in the second round. And, whoever, and yeah, it's whoever can win. avoid them, you yeah. know? Exactly. If you don't play the Nuggets, you're in a good position to make it to the Western Conference Finals. So that's where I am right now. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and that's what I have to say about the NBA. A good way to play the Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals is to not play them in the first or second round. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Ryan, I, before we before we leave, I know that we're getting to the end here. Um, I just want to know at this point in the season, who do you think is going to win the championship? Celtics. Okay. Um, one thing, one thing about the Thunder though is you know I think I think the Thunder, um, the Thunder's. Uh, weakness is, you know, they don't have a whole lot of depth slash experience. And, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, I'm putting on my Brian Windhorst hat here. Maybe um, the Warriors and the Thunder can work something out. I honestly don't want to go back into that trade machine and crunch the numbers. Give us Jalen Williams. We will give you uh, Dario Sharge. Yep. Maybe. Yeah. Let's give him a. Let, let's uh, let's retain Bielitsa's rights and then trade them to the Thunder for uh, Shea. Check, yeah, down. <laughs> um, all right, yeah. Um, that is going to be all the time we have for today. Um, there are still lots of good teams in the NBA we didn't get the chance to talk about. Um, you know, Pelicans, Mavericks, Suns, Kings, good teams in the West. We didn't even talk about the East. You know, Celtics and Bucks are still battling it out. Sixers, Cavaliers look good. Um, Pacers making some moves. Um, so. Yeah, you know, like uh, I, I feel like the age of the super team is firmly behind us um, for now. Um, and yeah, this is a, this is a this is a good opportunity for some teams in in either conference to take that next step. I, I think one way or another, there will be teams that do take that next step, and it'll be a lot of fun to see who those teams are. Absolutely, I'm sure in the next episode we'll hopefully be covering what's happening in the Super Bowl or what's happening in um, after the Super Bowl. We'll see if we can can record before then. And definitely a little bit more deeper into the NBA. Yep. All right. But that is all um, the time we have for uh, episode 25. Uh, here's to the next 75. Cheers, guys. <laughs>